Well, hello there, my podcast listening peeps. Welcome back to another episode of the Stabbed Ego Project, where every single week, you know what we do? We discuss ego, enlightenment, and other cool shit. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm incredibly grateful for you guys that are investing your time to listen to my podcast. My audience is growing, so the word's getting out, which is really cool, and I, I really appreciate you guys that are spreading the word, leaving your, your perspective of things, uh, leaving reviews, and, and also just sharing sharing photos on your stories of, of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Please continue to do so, <laughs> and tag me in it. <laughs> so just this week's episode, there's a couple of heavy stories uh, that, that's going to shock a few of you. It's some stuff that happened in my past, but some big le- lessons I learned from these, some huge lessons. And I know that these lessons that I've learned are going to be are going to give you guys some quality content and some quality insight into bettering your lives and to for you guys to learn these lessons without having to go through the heavy stuff that I went through. Okay, so listen in for listen in for that. But first of all, uh, something heavy that start that started my week off. Something heavy, but also beautiful, also insightful, sad. Um, something that made me happy, shed a bit of a tear, something that really big, something really big that rocked me to the core as well. During the week, so actually rewind, I was about a few months ago, I was invited to speak at a juvenile detention center in Townsville. So a police officer saw me speak earlier on in the year when I spoke at AIR and and he saw the, the impact made to the community. I spoke at the community evening and he he connected with the, the juvenile detention center in Townsville. So it's it's called Cleveland Cleveland Youth Detention Center. And so I was contacted a few months ago by by an incredible man there and he he, he invited me to he wanted me he was he heard that I was actually coming back to, to Townsville to, to speak at a, a different event and he said if we could hook it up and at the same time so I could come and speak there. Anyways the other event didn't didn't eventually happen but I still uh, was contacted by him and and asked to come and speak so what what was really heavy even leading up to the event something that sort of rocked me was so this youth detention center so I've, I've seen it in the past there was it was on the news or stories with kids riding on the roofs and some heavy stuff going on there and but what really got me was this prison because it's exactly what it is a prison houses uh all the inmates or you know for lack of a better word or the, the kids okay the kids at range their ages range and sorry they're, they're male and female different different sections of the jail of course of the detention center range from 10 to 18 years old 10 year old kids sitting in a cell right and i was like wow you know, and I was heard of some of the crimes. Some of the crimes for these for these youth range from petty theft up into up to murder. And I was like, fuck, you know, it was it was just hearing that. You know, I like to get a bit of background on what's where I'm going and who I'm speaking with. It doesn't matter where it is, and just hearing that, you know, it rocked me. I was like, wow, I can't wait to get there. You know, these this de- de- demographic or these this. Uh, this dem- yeah, this demographic, this style of, of people, these kind of people that, that have been through some hardship and, and the majority of those kids in there, well, all of them have, have had some rough pasts. And these are the ones I create the biggest impact with and get the best connection. You know, don't get me wrong, I, I you know, I, it doesn't matter what the audience, because we all suffer from the same internal battles, but these guys are pretty much my upbringing, you know, like I was, I was, this was, this was my friends, this was me when I was growing up, getting up to some, some heavy stuff and, and, 
I was never sent to jail, it was very close, but I was visiting friends all the time in jail and, and would hear about it and it was just, it was in my scene, you know, people in and out, all my boys were in and out and I was so close to going as well. So I was always in and around and even family members. So this, this demographic is one that I connect really well with and I couldn't wait to get there. And I was speaking, it was two groups. So it was two groups of, because they, they can't have too many, too many of the kids together at the one time because of the riot and because of, you know, the manpower and stuff. So I, I was, I arrived there on, on, I flew in on, on, I flew in on Tuesday to Townsville to stay there the night before. And then Wednesday morning, so I arrived at the jail and I rock up and it's just like a man's jail. It's like big gates, like, you know, pictured the move, whatever it is, those big jails, Silverwater Jail in Sydney, like those big man, those big adult jails. And it was exactly the same. And I'm like, fuck, there's, there's, you know, there's little girls in here. There's little boys in here. And and I rock in and, you know, the exact same, the scan through and, and all this stuff. And I'm walking through the yard with with the guy that organized it. And, you know, those kids, kids, exactly, kids, kids playing basketball, other ones sort of walking out of their cells to join other kids that are walking around and like big security guards around. I was like, wow, I can't wait to speak to these guys. I can't wait to speak to them. And um, I'll get taken into this little section and there was uh, the, the the first group, there was probably going to be about 30, 40 kids, but they had to be brought in by, in groups of like eight or so because, again, they can't have too many of them together. So the first group comes in, shake their hands, what's up, boys? A few girls come in the next group, then, and while they're, they're coming in, I'm shaking hands, and some of them brushed me, like didn't even didn't even look at me in the eyes, didn't even shake my hand, and just sort of brushed me, right? Because who the fuck, who, who the fuck is this guy? And a, f- a few of the boys sit in the front row, and they go, "What's what's going on, sir?" Calling me, sir. I said, "My name's Luke." I said, "They go, what what are you here for?" I said, "Just gonna just listen in, listen into my story." And, I said, and one of them looks up and goes, "I don't want to be here." I said, "Please, brother, you're gonna enjoy it. Please just." Trust me and sit down and just and just kick back and all you have to do is kick back. He goes, "Is it going to be good?" I said, "I promise you, it's going to be good." He goes, "All right, all right," and he and he checks me. Well, bang, my talk about hour hour fifteen and dominated, crushed it. It was seeing strong nodding head nodding heads by the by the boys by the girls nodding heads and I was. I told them one line that that really struck out for me was every single one of you, every single one of you have unlimited potential. Every single one of you. We've just lost that at the moment. We've just lost that. Every single one of you can do whatever the hell you want. We've just lost that as well. You have unlimited potential. Every single one of you are here on this earth for a special reason. You're here for a special reason. You're not here by accident. right? But you're not going to find that special reason by fucking sitting in here. Sitting in this jail. And the kid, yeah, yeah, so the kids were nodding their heads. I said, again, when you, guys, when you guys get out of here, stop identifying with this place. This is not who you are. This does not sum who, who sum up who you are. This is not your identity. I've been friends with people that are in and out of jail, and the ones the difference between the ones that stay out and the ones that go back in are the ones that think they're this prisoner. The ones that that that's all they talk about. Oh, when I was locked up, this. When I was locked up, that. And they find themselves back in because that's their identity. When you get out of this place, forget about this place because this is not who you are. And and then I went and I was big. And then afterwards, the ones that brushed me at the start came up and apologized, shook my hand, gave me a bit of a hug, and bang, I was on. Then the second group came through again, same again. It was it was massive, massive morning. But it, like I left then, I was just like I was had a spring in my step. I had like twenty minutes to get my plane, twenty minutes to get there on time, so I had to get to the airport quickly. But I had this spring in my step. But on the inside, there was this deep sort of 
not sadness, but a deep, I can't explain it. I can't explain what the emotion was. It was like a shock. It was all, it was, it was sadness. It was, I want to help these kids. I want, I just know that these kids can do whatever they want. I just, they just have to be given a chance. I know they've had chances. That's why they're in, they've had chance after chance and they keep stuffing up, but they just need to have a little shot. They have to, these little seeds that were planted. I told them when they get out, I want them to contact me. Please contact me. Tell me how much butt you're kicking in life. Please promise me. And some of them came out, I promise you, sir. So my name's Luke, but cool. <laughs> And it was it was great. It was it was a big day, and it was something that I'm incredibly thankful that I was I was able to go and experience and and be there to to inspire these guys and, and just plant those seeds that you know. I've, and one of them actually, one of the the guys puts his hand up. I said at the end, I was asking the question. He goes, "It's not a question." He goes, "I just want to say, you know, it's never too late, is it?" I said, "Exactly. It's never too late." It's never too late to change your life around. And there was some, some of the young guys in there, and I said, it's never too early as well. It's never too late. It's never too early to change what you want in this life. I know on a piece of paper it says you're a criminal. I know this, but that's not who you are. That does not define you. If you keep breaking the law, then yes, it is you. Okay, A piece of paper does not define you. You, you get rid of that identity, you get rid of that bullshit, you come out, you forget about this place, you start having a good crack at life. You start doing the right thing, you stay strong and stay who you are. Stop trying to impress each other, be yourself. And they all shook my hand and, and, and it was game time. So I'm looking forward to some messages I get from those guys when they get out and the girls. I'm really looking forward to it. And I spoke to some of the security guards after, some of them emailed me and they said that they all read, because they grabbed copies of my book as well, that some of them were reading it, some of them, uh, the, prison, the the guards had to read for them and, and they didn't want the guard to leave, please keep reading. So yes, I'm incredibly thankful for that. So moving on to this week's episode and the subject of this week's episode. So I know a lot of you know, so I know a lot of you know, yeah, I'm aware of that a lot of you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know a lot of you uh, have heard my story. And understand, you know, I was stabbed and I stabbed a couple of times, punctured lung, and I lived this crazy existence, right? And I get often get people asking, you know, how, what happened with the guy that stabbed you? Uh, you know, what would you what would you do if you saw him now? Like, what what happens? Like, what happened with the guy? And in my earlier podcast, I think it was the intro, of my first my first episode, I talk about what happened with the guy that stabbed me, but I didn't go on about what happened afterwards. Like there was times where I, I went to parties, I think I spoke about it in the first, where I, I was armed with a knife and I was going to kill him and I was raided this party, I kicked the door in, running around looking for so, and then I chased him one time in the city. So I had this this revenge for years, this this idea of revenge, got, got to get him and I had this weight of this revenge on my shoulders and I was going to, like, I was going to kill this guy. And, I promised my friends for years, all my boys, I was going to get him. And, and like, on the inside, they were like, well, I hope I never run into him. But I, I, but still, I had this revenge, this weight of, this, this, the weight of the world, really, on this weight of, of hatred, of anger, of revenge. And even after turning my life around, I, something that, 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 was a big eye-opener for me and something that I learned a big lesson from and that this is what I'm getting at today. I So I just started my, my personal training, Punchies. I just bought my uniform. I just bought all new brochures. I was getting up early every morning, uh, doing personal training. I just proposed to my girlfriend. So life was, life was game on. Life was everything was, this is it, the new me. And I hooked up with a couple of boys that I hadn't seen for a while, a couple of my old crew. 
and we went up to Hurstville, Westfields for some lunch. And I'm sitting in the food court talk, talking to the boys about, you know, what I've, what I've been up to and, and until I've been getting up at 3.50 in the morning, every morning working hard and so, so, a couple of them were laughing. And after we packed up our lunch, like we're, three hour, we're in the food court at the Westfields where we walk out and we sorry we walk out of the sort of to, to get out of the food court and i look across at the atm and i've got that feeling you know that i i know that guy from somewhere and i was like i look and he sort of turned away a bit and then walked up to the food court and i looked over and it was the guy that stabbed me like all those years before like it's probably seven years before six years before and if I wasn't with the boys, I would have kept walking. Right, but promising revenge for so long, I I turn around and I run up behind this pillar, like in the middle of the food court. I've got my punchies uniform on, my new uniform, brochures in the backpack, and he's sitting there eating lunch. I think I don't know who he was with. I think it was with I don't know some some a couple of people, and. I'm standing there just waiting for him to finish his lunch, waiting to throw my life away <laughs> for this revenge. And he puts his food in the, after about 20 minutes, puts his food in the bin and starts walking over and I jump behind the pillar and the boys are behind me and they're, going, and they're like, and for the first time in, in years, I had that that sick fight feeling that, that I was just about to attack this guy. I was just overtaken with not even rage because it wasn't rage inside I was just inside I'm going please like on the outside I was like my my body was tense my body was ready to ready for war I was going to just kill this guy I wouldn't have stopped and and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and then I look and he was gone so he knew that I was hiding behind the pillar and when I went back to hot when I went back to hide, he he ran and ran at the back of this KFC exit and, and escaped, escaped with his life, but escaped with my life as well. And after that, you know, I went home and I was speaking to my fiance at the time, and I told her what happened. She was, "What would you have done?" And I told her, "She's what?" So that's what? That's not that's not the man I know. What you, I'm not marrying a person that, that does that. What are you talking about? And from that day, that day was, was a big factor for me where I said, I'm never going to do something in my life. I'm never going to do something in my life I don't want to do just to try to impress other people or just because I worry what other people think. So what happens to getting to the, the topic of today's episode is forgiveness. And so I looked for him again, this time on Facebook. <laughs> and I found him and I... And I inboxed him. I said, hey, man, how you doing? And he just wrote back, hey. I said, listen, I know I saw you uh, today. Um, I'm sorry. If I see you in the street again, I want to shake your hand. I'm sorry. And I and pressing, pressing send, it was like, this is, this is life. This is it now. This is, this is it. And... I felt like I could fly. I literally felt like I could fly. And he he didn't write back. And I could picture him being around with all his mates, 
laughing, like showing him showing them the message, going, "Look, he bitched it. Look, I finally like he he backed down. I won. All this sort of stuff." And that in itself was another thing for me, just to go, "Wow, yeah." It was a welcoming experience. It was a welcome welcoming vision. Of, I, I, it was like I could release this macho bullshit. I could release this anger, this angst, this this hatred, this revenge. By forgiving him, oh my gosh. Well, not even forgiving him. Like I I was, yeah, well, I suppose, you know, I was forgiving him, but forgiving myself, really. Because I attacked him. It was just me dropping that the attack, me dropping the, the bullshit, me dropping the angst. Right, before I get into continuing on that and what ties into this week's episode is, I got a message from a young young man the other day and said, hey, bro, just wanted to let you know this is, I just wanted to let you know this as I wouldn't have done it otherwise. In your book at the part where you went to forgive the guy that stabbed you on Facebook, I did a similar thing myself recently. I tried to add the guy on Facebook, no response. Yesterday, I actually called him out working behind a bar. There was tension as he went to serve me. I purposely ordered food so he'd have to come out from behind the bar and face me. As he came over, I pulled him aside and I said how I added him on Facebook and got no response. I said, I know you're working, bro, but all I wanted all I wanted to say is that I've put everything behind me and I'm just trying to show respect by conversing with you on the same level as everyone else and that I hope all is well with you. He was gobsmacked. If I didn't read that part of your book, bro, I wouldn't have done... I, would, I wouldn't have inspired me to do that ever. I, th- I thank you for that, man. So amazing. And I went on a bit. He goes, the power of forgiveness. Thanks, man. Couldn't have done it without you. He goes, Feel, it feels great. Years of tedious bullshit off my shoulders. Years of tedious bullshit off my shoulders. That is That bit there, that, that years of tedious bullshit off my shoulders, that right there is today's episode. Years of tedious bullshit off my shoulders. How many of us, all of us are holding on to years and years and years of tedious bullshit on our shoulders. From family members, from friends, from enemies, from people we don't know, right? People on TV, politicians, uh, all, all this tedious bullshit, this weight of, of hatred, this weight of angst, this weight of, you know, they, they did this, that's why I'm like this, this weight of of victim mentality, this weight of tedious bullshit on our shoulders. And all it takes is forgiveness to release that. All it takes is maybe a sorry. All it takes is not even a sorry. All it takes is, look, I forgive you. What in your life is holding you down? What family member haven't you spoken to for a while because of something that happened a long time ago? Tedious bullshit. Who do you hate? Tedious bullshit. What I'm getting at is it doesn't mean you have to be friends with everyone. It doesn't mean you have to be bum buddies. All it comes down is the forgiveness though because forgiving people for what they've done, okay, what they've done, drops your shoulders, drops the bullshit, get, helps you live in this moment because, but because living in hatred, living in uh, revenge is living in the past. It's not even appreciating this moment. Living in the past and us thinking that I'm going to do this in the future. Again, not living in this moment. It's costing us our lives. It's costing us our present moment, which is the only time that is real. It's costing us our happiness. Forgiveness. Who do you have to forgive to improve your present moment? Who is it? What is it? 
more important than that, who you have to forgive, for sure, forgive other people and, and, and understand that, that you know maybe somebody was acting out of fear back then. He was the guy that stabbed me was acting out of fear. I attacked him. It was my fault. And I had this weight of, of hatred and angst and, and all this stuff that I wanted to kill him for so many years and it crushed me. Living with that weight on my shoulders, I attracted all this certain stuff into my life. Always fights, always drama, always hatred, always people that didn't like me, people I didn't like, people that I didn't like. Because I was on that frequency of hate, of anger, of fear, of, of revenge. And it's tedious bullshit, like my man said in his message. Tedious bullshit that we hold on to. Maybe they are an asshole. Maybe people do, have done certain things, but it's still affecting your present moment. It's still affecting your now. What do you have to forgive? What do you have to, not even only forgive, let go of? But a lot, all of it comes down to forgiveness. Forgiveness of the person. Most importantly though, if there's nothing, if there's something that you're holding on to from your past, right, majority of the time it's forgiveness of self. Forgiveness of yourself. By forgiving him, first I have to forgive myself because I attacked him first. It was my fault. By me saying sorry and accepting responsibility and then forgiving him and then forgiving myself, life hasn't been any better. Life continues to get better because I don't live in the past. I don't live poor me. I don't live even poor them. Right? What we've done with that, well, if we've done certain things in our past to people, right, or we, we've stuffed up ourselves, right, again, we hold on to this, this, this poor me mentality or if we've hurt other people, the poor them. Even that's a part of ego. Even that's a part of a fake main identity. The poor them. Or I'm this person because I stuffed up their lives. Or I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this. It's again holding on to bullshit. It's holding on to ego. It's just making up another part of this fake identity of us. Because now I'm the asshole. Even if ego loves identity, even if it's a, even if it's a harsh one, even if it means that we're, we're calling ourselves a prick, it's still a separation tool. It's still something that I'm different from people because I'm a prick, because I hurt this person. You've got to forgive yourself as well. What in your lives, what in your life right now can you forgive yourself for? Stop living in your past. We all fuck up, but you're not a fuck up. We all make mistakes, but you're not a mistake. What in your past do you have to forgive yourself for? Who in your past do you have to forgive? Who in your present moment do you have to forgive? Who in your present moment right, has wronged you? Who, what are you holding on to right now with, with maybe a phone call or a text like I did? Just say, I'm sorry. I stuffed up. After this, after this episode, after you, you finish listening to this episode, make a, make a move. Who do you have to say sorry to? Who do you have? Maybe, maybe they've wronged you. Who do you have to just try to make up with? Or just to say, listen, or even just not even make up with or not even hang out with. If people are pricks or whatever, but you're still holding on to that, maybe you can just send them a message to say, hey, hope you're doing well. Look, um, you know, the past is the past. All is forgiven. I really hope you're doing well. And just send that. It just lifts the spirit of the world. It just lifts the frequency of, of you. This is your life. Okay, this is your life. I know that we. I'm, I'm here to help you guys. You're here to help me. We're all here to help each other. But concentrate on yourself first. And you start with your personal development. You start with uplifting yourself by forgiveness, forgiving other people, forgiving yourself. Make that move after this ep- this episode. Who do you have to forgive? Who do you have to say sorry to? What do you have to let go from your past? Stop using the poor me. Stop using. Forgiveness for me is a massive tool. Forgiveness is huge for me. I. It, it, after after all those men, after all those years, 
right? It was, it was three years later after I sent that message. You know, I, I was nothing. I never attracted a fight in my life, not even an argument. Even, even the guy that stabbed me in the head as well, all forgiveness. I'm, I forgive everything that's happened in my life. Because they're, they were living through, they were living up to certain labels, their masks, they weren't being themselves either. When people are wronging us, they're living through their trauma. What, what my homegirl said last, uh, a couple episodes ago, Felicity Morgan, hurt people, hurt people. And when you can give some empathy and realize that hurt people, hurt people, then it makes you realize it's got nothing to do with you. It's all got to do with them. After these, all these years from, from forgiving that guy, I found him again on Facebook and I added him. He accepted. Now we like each other's photos. We're like buddies now. He nearly killed me years ago, but now we're buddies. Why? Because we're being ourselves, because we've dropped all that bullshit. We've dropped the past. We're living this moment. And I accept he's a cool guy. I'm a cool guy. Humble as well. <laughs> and when you drop the past bullshit, the condition, the, the trying to impress other people and all this sort of stuff, what, what remains is two pure souls. And he's a beautiful soul. I know this. He made mistakes in the past just as I did. But I've forgiven him. He's forgiven me. And he's my boy now. I still haven't seen him in the street. I'd love, still have to shake his hand, but you know, every, all is well. So again, what do you have to, have to forgive in your past? It starts by forgiveness of self though. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Leave a review if you haven't left a review. Share it on your stories. Share it online. Get it out there, please, guys. I thank you so much. I wish you all peace of mind. Peace out. <laughs>